Do you want to learn from New South Wales and Australia's best swimmers these school holidays? Well, listen up carefully because there is a great opportunity coming your way as the New South Wales Performance Clinic is happening this Wednesday, the 27th of September at Cranbrook School. Learn from Australia and New South Wales best athletes, including Matt Wilson, Brad Woodward, Seabom Lee and Will Yang, and many, many more as they run you through each stroke, skills, technique and a full day of fun, learning and interaction with the very best in the business. This is an amazing opportunity for the juniors of Sydney and New South Wales to come along, ask questions, get photos and autographs, as well as being coached by our country's and state's top athletes and coaches. Head over to the Off The Blocks Instagram page right now and follow the link tree where you'll find the link to purchase tickets to get this amazing opportunity and secure your spot ASAP. The money goes to a great cause as well, directly back to the athletes to help fundraise for future trips and support these athletes as they are on the road to the Paris 2024 trials next year in June. Let's get behind the New South Wales Blues team. An amazing opportunity, one not to be missed. Again, jump on our page right now, follow the link tree, secure your spot to the New South Wales Performance Clinic. You won't be disappointed. It is on Wednesday, the 27th of September at the Cranbrook School. Make sure you secure your tickets right now and up the Mighty Blues. Australia in four, the United States in five. So did Joyce. Was short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloma at back ahead of Manuel and Hirsch Amenya. What a shot! Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. I'm your host, Robbie Cox, joined by the man himself, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Robbie. How are you? <clears throat> yeah, we're busy. We're, we're busy. We, You know we're busy when our schedules are just mismatching and we're, we're chatting at like 1.30 on a, uh, a Thursday afternoon, which never happens, but we're just trying to make it happen because we're, <laughs> we've both got a thousand things going on. Uh, but it's all good. We always make time to sit down and have a chat because we know the listeners love it. So we want to make sure we keep that content coming out. But no, nah, busy, mate. Uh, what about yourself? Busy week for you as well? Yeah, I just caught up with Bronte. Uh, we just went over the sort of schedule and the travel itinerary and all that for the upcoming World Cups in Europe. So mm. she's going to all three. So that'll be uh, interesting. So a fair bit of detail and planning goes into that sort of stuff, I'm sure. I mean, it's, I sort of asked this question from an outsider, I guess, just coaching age group athletes. No doubt we've got things that we've got to look into as well. But at that level, at that um, sort of elite level, I guess there'd be a little bit more detailed planning going into that. Yeah. Um, 
Not so much. I mean, you get the itinerary, this is what it is, so you deal with it. Um, back when I was AIS, you know, you were actually making the decisions of when the travel was and all that sort of stuff. So, But um, we try and keep it pretty sim- simple and flexible, you know, because obviously I'm not going to be there, so, uh, you know, you, you can't sort of put things set in stone and expect them to happen because stuff happens. So, yeah. Yeah, well, be interesting too, I guess, uh, too with Bronte, you know, with, I guess it's not that she's got injuries as such, but she's managing her body as she comes through too. So just managing that while she's over there as well, does that become a part of her planning, managing her body outside of it? Because this is the first time where she's now sort of since, you know, what she's been 18 months where she's sort of, she's dabbling back in racing again, but this is sort of back right into it, right? Yeah, so this will be her first long course race in two years. So, um, uh, but regarding injury stuff, yeah, sort of preventative things put in place, especially off the travel days. So, um, and there's a bit of traveling because it's at three different places. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully it all goes well. Yeah, well, looking forward to hearing about it, mate. Now, something just just uh, caught my eye, a bit of news that I wanted to bring up, um, and there is a question that's related to this bit of news, but James Guy um, leaving um, the Bath National uh, Centre and he's going to move to Millfield. Now, he's going to be working with Ryan Livingston and training with world champion Matt Richards, um, which is a, a, a big move. I think he's been there for a while, James Guy. So... Uh, it's it's definitely a big move. And I guess my question, Shannon, was more around a year out from an Olympic Games. Big moves like this, we've seen it before. We've seen people move um, a little bit up, some move up to Michael Bowl, um, you know, a year out from Olympics or things like that with training changing and things like that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. What are some of the keys to making it work? Obviously, because, you, you know, you've got a, you're learning a new athlete, you, you sort of learning how they tick, all that sort of stuff. So you don't have an awful lot of time to to get there. In saying that too, someone like James Guy or a Bronte Campbell are fairly experienced at this stage, so they have a fair idea of, you know, how they work as well. So they're bringing that experience to the table as well. So, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting um, question in terms of, you know, how, how do you make it work? And then when it goes wrong, what sort of things help it uh, go wrong? Yeah, well, I think um, it, it's not easy because, um, yeah, you don't know the athlete uh, as well as what you would know the athletes that are in your squad. Um, I think it's a last resort type thing, you know. I think if you're going, as an athlete, if you're going to move, you want to move to someone with a lot of experience, Um because that coach is going to have to use a lot of their experience because they haven't got experience with you, the athlete. So you're relying on their experience in coaching over many years to make the right calls when you come to those sort of T inter, uh, intersections that I talked about, do I mm. go left or do I go right? Um so I think, you know, it definitely shouldn't be a off-the-cuff type decision. Having said that, 
taking on an athlete late in a prep or or, or a um, Olympic cycle, you want to have give that some thought too. You know, how does that impact on your current athletes? Yeah, Matthew Richards, wow. I mean, yeah, he had a great world championships. Uh, I th- I think he he can only keep moving forward. To be honest, um, Turner free one hundred free. I was very impressed with his one hundred free. He's he's a danger man. Um, so you want to make sure that uh, when you have got someone like that in your stable, that you're not bringing someone in uh, that's and obviously you know the, the coach is going to have thought of these things, but you. Um, it, it will change the dynamics of your group. So um, you got to make sure it's a positive move for the group, especially when you've got a, a you know a performing athlete uh, in your stable. If you've got no one in your stable, then you, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's, I guess it's an interesting point you make because um, it's it's not so much that a, a James guys are going to come in and destabilize, but it it's more so that the energy and the effort that the coach is going to have to give James guy as well. If he's coming to a program for a year, as you said, it's it's all it's already there for a reason. He's coming for a reason. He feels like this is what he desperately needs to to help him move forward. So he's coming looking for something from that coach, but the coach, you know, is going to have to be and as you said, obviously probably done the due diligence, but are they capable of giving the the time and the energy mm. outside of what they're already doing? And, he, and Matt Richards, as we said, world champion, smashing it, doing really well. Do you want to rock that boat? We see it a lot at junior um, levels as well, don't we? You know, sometimes coaches get excited because they get success with their program and then all of a sudden people start coming to their program and it gets bigger and bigger and it looks great. But then you start to hear all the infighting behind the scenes like, oh, so-and-so doesn't get the attention that little Joe Beth gets and little Honey Boo Boo doesn't hear from the coach as much as she used to. And you sort of, uh, you know, you ride that wave a little bit, don't you, in terms of if it's going to – and sometimes some coaches can pull it off. As I said, you look at a a Michael Bowl or people who can – and Dean Boxall who's got, you know, a fairly big program but managing all of those. But, I mean, we're talking about – two of the greatest in, in world coaching at the moment. There's not many that are able to do it at that high level, is there? No, and look, don't kid yourself. You know, when you've got that many in your stable, you, it might look all calm on the surface, but the legs are doing plenty of pedalling underneath. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you've got two eyes and two hours. And... Um, you, you can't create more time and you've only got so much energy. Um, so, you know, my advice is think hard, be careful, don't let your ego get in the road. Yeah, no, great advice, mate. Now, the topic of today's podcast, and people would have seen it when they clicked on it, was the Aussie Short Course uh, Review. We're talking about Australian Short Course Championships that uh, obviously held at SOPAC last week. Before we get into some more specific results, Shannon, just in a general overview, I mean, you're someone who is quite happy to give his opinion on the programs and how it all runs. How did you think the week went in terms of the program and some, you know, did anyone catch your eye outside of your own team? Did you see any performances where you thought, oh, that's, we'll keep an eye on that? Uh, look, I thought the program 
was much better than last year's. Uh, the flow of the program. I know Rowan uh, Rowan Taylor made some changes. He probably had some input from a few key people, and yeah, much appreciated. You know, uh, it, it was good. So uh, made a lot of sense the way they structured the days. Whereas last year, you thought, what, what the, you know, what the hell is going on here? No one's thought about this. So hopefully, um, you know, they don't uh, they don't muck with something that's good, you know, which tends for some reason to happen here in Australia sometimes. But um, as far as athletes catching my Tara Kinder was very good in the China breaststroke. Uh, hasn't been back that long. Uh, and I know Lee Nugent was pleased with her. Um, and I'm running a national breaststroke camp later in the year and uh, she's going to be on that. Um, so apart from that, uh, yeah, I was probably too busy with my guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were definitely – you're definitely busy. Uh, the the legs are on the hop. I I did notice uh, you weren't staying still for too long over the four or five days. Um, I had like sixteen thousand <laughs> average for the for the week. Never really seen Shannon sweat too much, but there was a period I looked over and he was getting rates for Bronte in a a bit of a pace work, and someone else was doing something, and then Bronte's pointing down the blocks because you had someone on the blocks as well that you you had to say go for it. I thought, oh Shannon, he's under the pump, but mate. Mate, handled it brilliantly. I thought it didn't even didn't even look like you're <laughs> under the pump. Um, no, it was it was a great week. Um, interesting. We we saw a lot of uh, big programs, I guess, not bring athletes down. I know Cody Simpson and a few others came, but that was I think more individual uh, decisions, probably with their coach that they needed a bit of a hit out or they wanted to have a bit of short course racing. Gave great. Um, opportunities for our younger athletes here in New South Wales, that's for sure. But it was interesting, wasn't it? Because I think you had mentioned to me as well that there might have been a missed opportunity for some of, of the athletes out there because, yes, no doubt we're just off the back of a World Championships. We're looking forward to World Cups and there's not too many other things around the corner we, we're building up to. So I guess kind of looked like it was a bit of a busy period of time where some swimmers didn't want to race around now. But I know you mentioned to me maybe a bit of a missed opportunity for some of the fringe athletes that maybe are just off the Australian team that they they weren't here racing. Yeah, well, even some that are on the Australian team, you know, like, but don't get me wrong, happy for them to stay away. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, the Queenslanders can, um, yeah, can do whatever they want, really. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I just thought it was just, yeah, it was good last year from the point of view for New South Wales. Uh, uh, yeah, it was 10 days, I think, or nine days in between the two meets. I really liked it last year. Um, this year it was even better because of the the program of events. It was, you know, as I said earlier, better flow. But um, I, I was always doing the two meets again. Some coaches mightn't like it, but I think, you know, uh, I had a girl in the Turner backstroke. I mean, she dropped five seconds over the two meets um, because the skills just started sharpening up. And, you know, uh, so she swims a heat in a final at New, New South Wales. Yeah. With a lot of those athletes um, from Queensland that didn't come, um, 
she gets a heat in the final uh, in in the turner back at nationals. Where last year, out of the two meets, she only got three swims. This year, she got four. Uh, PB'd in the heat at you know uh, PB'd in the final at New South Wales State with a three second PB. Swims the heat of the turner back PBs again. I, and, and to be honest, I was like, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, and then she drops another second because she's in a final. Uh, now, normally you'd be like thinking, oh, yeah, good, 209. Uh, and then, you know, you th- think you've had a good meet, but they get a second swim and she finds a 208. Uh, and that was a really good race, that. I mean, there was like, I think she was fourth or fifth uh, and only a second behind the winner. So, um, so yeah, I thought it was a really good opportunity. And, you know, like even some of the, you know, star programs, you know, let's face it, some of the people in there aren't winning medals, you know. It's good to get out from under the the big names, and it's it's one of our problems in Australia. We, we we're sort of isolated, cocooned. You're always racing the same person, and I think when you're developing an athlete, or even you know, I say developing loosely, um, you know, you might be in your early twenties, and you're always coming up against, oh, you know, say it's the women's hundred freestyler freestyle and you're the sixth or seventh fastest in the country yeah. you mightn't have come to this meet but you should have yeah you know? um because at the end of the day history's going to show there's no fine print oh such and such was missing you know you're the Australian champion you're the Australian champion you got a title um and I always try to look you gotta you gotta when developing an athlete and say they're stuck in fourth Right, so you've got someone; they're fourth in the country. You go to wherever meets. Oh, yeah, there's one, two, three. I'm, I'm kind of come fourth again, you know. And they, you get into a bit of a rut. It's a psychological rut. So if you can, you need to get outside the country, take them overseas. Now that's not always doable, um, and it's one of our disadvantages. So, yeah. You know, I think, um, and I've done it with athletes in the past, and they've made jumps when we have taken them overseas, and you know, and and they're all the better for it the following season. So, I think sometimes uh, coaches hear, "Oh, such and such isn't going, and someone else isn't going, and someone else isn't going," and then they justify to themselves that, "Oh, they don't need to go," where may not necessarily be the right move. So. Uh, and there's not too many times in the calendar where we can go to two really good meets, particularly being short course. You know, it's uh, you, the skills just get better. So the second meet, um, yeah, my guys they all swam faster than the first one they went to, and um, they were just a bit more tuned in, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting you say that, I guess. Cody Simpson is someone that comes to my mind when you talk about what you were saying in terms of when you you look up and you might always be fourth or fifth or sixth or or third in his case. So, you know, the 100 fly he won, he went 50.6. Typically at the moment he's behind Matt Temple and and Kyle Chalmers. He comes down, he he wins, he's in the papers, he's in the news. Cody Simpson wins gold. It's, It's a good headline as well, but it's also good for his confidence to get to get a gold medal and, and and be up on on the number one podium, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that that'll make a difference. And you know, I think he's going to the World Cups. 
and he needs that. Um, because, you know, the pressure is different when, like, it, it, it was going to be close. You know, Dave Morgan was there. and um, Yeah, it was very close in the end. Yeah, and Sean Sean was there, so it wasn't like he could just do whatever, make a mistake, and win the race. Now he had to perform to win, and there's a there's an added pressure uh, in doing that. You know, if you're ranked fifth and you get up and you jag a silver, or or you know, that's you haven't dealt with any pressure there. No one expected anything, so he had some ex- expectations, and he stood up. Uh, you go to the World Cups now; that'll be different. Um, and uh, he'll he'll learn a lot from it. About hundred percent. I think you went pretty quick in the freestyle too. Forty-seven eight um, for your own athletes, and we'll get to the I guess individual performances in a minute, and a few that stood out, and, and we'll talk about Bronte. But I know something that you're uh, <laughs> you, you're probably not outwardly uh, excited. Always, people wouldn't know this, but if you pay attention to you as the meet goes on, you start to notice that Shannon does like the point score and the point system. And as someone who loves it himself, it's not uh, – look, there's a competitive nature to it in us. I get, I get that as well. But it also, I think, shows you where, where you are and it gives you a good guide in terms of your team dynamic and the balance and team depth and, and all that sort of stuff. I like the point score for that for that reason. Um, yeah. Because it just yeah, shows you where you are in the pecking order and, and point scores all around. So whether it's a district meet, whether it's a state meet, whether it's a national meet as it is here – uh, point scores, uh, I think, are really important. I think we can do a better job of it at times in terms of helping the, the young, uh, other developing clubs jump up and strive for things. Anyway, don't get me started on that. What I was going to ask is, have you got any keys to a good point score system, Shannon? I mean, is it just a matter of do your best as a coach, do a good job and, and make sure they're racing plenty through the week? Do you ever... Um, I don't think at this stage you set out to do it, but certainly back in the Chandler days, I know that would have been a big program and it would have been high on your agenda to make sure you finished at top. Do you ever think about, okay, if we've got kids in, in this event, those events, do we have we got it across the board? Or as I said, is it a matter of if you coach really well, it'll sort of naturally come about anyway? Yeah, well, uh, firstly, like, you know, and I've talked about this plenty of times in the past about how I use point system, whether it be Brisbane, Queensland or Australia, in developing the athletes as a team, you know, for the club and stuff. Um, I uh, I didn't give it too much thought for this one and I was starting to regret it as the meet went on because we were second after halfway through and we finished up third. We didn't put any relays in uh, and I could have swum over Abbey Webb at least two events per day um but didn't do that based on i thought you know everyone well i i never expected everyone to be there but i certainly thought there would be a bit more yeah so um so anyway uh and and we were after some good good performances from from people so i was i was more thinking individually um but look i'm a yeah, massive fan of point systems. I think in Australia we should have divisions, uh, so that you know you go to a meet and you might be div one, div two, div three, whatever, uh, and you're trying to win your division, you know, um, or you're trying to get up into the next division, that all that sort of stuff. You know, I think it develops you as a coach. You have to be strong across 
um, you know, the the plethora of, of events, uh, which is only a good thing um, in, in in your coaching career. Yeah, we went, we had nine swimmers. We didn't do any relays. We had six individual medal winners, six different people. Um, I, off the top of my head, I, I, I thought about this the other day. Oh, now I forgot. <laughs> we had five or seven gold medals. But, yeah, our, our gold medal winners, you know, Kayla Hardy, she won two. Bronte won two. Abby Webb won three. Seven. There you go. Yep. yep. Um, but, you know, um, Tom Robinson was a bronze in, in the 53. Uh, Meg Senior won bronze in the 100 back. Uh, Bianca Fuller won bronze in the 200 breast. That was a massive swim, actually. I was really happy with my breaststrokers. We had three in the final of the 200 breast. Uh, we had three in the 100 breaststroke uh, with two breaststrokers missing. Um, you know, is, is it Isabella Johnson, who just come back from Worlds. But Bianca Fuller wasn't in – the only event she did was the 200 breaststroke at the end of the meet. She was 10 days out of the water totally, missed New South Wales Championships, uh, might have been two, 14 days, um, got back in the water and was just dreadful mm. um, the week before. And I thought, oh, this kid's not going to be able to swim. Um, on the Monday, no, on the Friday, the doctor had said, yeah, I don't think she'll be ready by next Wednesday. And I agreed. Came in on the Monday, looked a lot better, and we, I just sort of put it to Bianca, I just see how the week goes, and you might, you look like you're getting better, and you might be okay by Saturday's turn of breaststroke. So she came in on the Friday, and um, jumped up and uh, you know swam a PB and won the bronze medal. So that was a really big swim by her, just to even give it a crack. Mm. Um, but we were just trying to sort of salvage the, all the training she'd done. Um, she'd had a really good winter, and I thought she was on track to go pretty good. So, but yeah, I think you know, as a club, they finished third, but it wasn't a Bronteathon, you know. Like uh, there was some you know good performances across the board, and you have to go back in to the times when we've talked about developing, and um, and I always so always said it takes three years to get get it moving in the mm -hmm. direction you want and then you reap your rewards for the next three years and i was only thinking about this on the weekend six years yeah. i always say it takes six years it, i've been in the program for six years and uh yeah we had a rip up mm. oh no you definitely did and as you said it wasn't a, a bronte of your daughter was swimming fast times and, and just dropping pb after pb and then yeah well you see with her you know she was a bit nervous on night one when she made the final in the 100. But by the time the end of the meet came along, uh, she finaled in the Turner breaststroke in the 100 IM. I think she went in ranked 30th in the 100 IM and finished eighth. Yeah. Um, and, and you just see how much cooler and calmer she was. So, you know, I mean, if people, if everyone had been there, she wouldn't have had that experience. Like, you can't, you can't buy that. Mm. You know, that's a huge, uh, huge win for her. Um, so when you're coaching, you've got to be looking. Don't follow everybody because you just end up on the same train, going at the same speed, getting the same 
result. Look outside, take your own path, move around a bit, and you never know. You may just jag it. Yeah. And that's what that's what we did. You know, we jagged it because of a few other people's decisions, you know. So totally encourage people to, you know, create their own pathway. Um, I, I guess I want to come back to the question because we sort of you sort of answered it in terms of you weren't chasing the point score this time, but I know in, ter- in years I past, yeah, in years past you would have, <laughs> and you you had done. Um, yeah, were you strategic? Is is there a method to the madness of trying to be at the top of the point score? No doubt you've got to have the athletes and the cattle to work with. No doubt you've got to be heading in that positive direction, as you said, probably by this stage, year five, year six year seven of your coaching tenure of wherever you are, it'd be pretty hard to go in and click your fingers at an emerging club and all of a sudden be at the top of the pops, which is, again, comes back to, you know, your your idea. And I think uh, at Brisbane, Swimming do it brilliantly with their um, premiership sort of table and all the different tiers. I think we could do a great job of that and help people. Again, that's probably a podcast for another day because <laughs> I don't want to bore people, but... Yeah, do, is there a method to your madness? Do you sit down and, and plan it out and go, right, all right, we're going to need, you know. Do, I always sometimes think, Shannon, in terms of like rugby league too, like you've got a few, there's a few forwards that have just got to take the hit-ups. A yeah. few, there's a few, you got the, you know, the ones who can probably do an 800, but she doesn't really want to. But you know what? We need you to take this hit up for the team. Do you ever look at it in that way? Or do you go, no, what, you know, what does my athlete need first? Or is it, a, yeah, I guess it's a, uh, horses for courses and what you're going into, right? Yeah, I think it is. Um, and obviously, I, I've never thought about um, the team when we're going on Olympic trials or anything, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, before we did the medley relay because everyone else had finished race, everyone had finished racing, you know. Um, but we weren't chasing the points for that meet. I think we were just chasing the Aussie record. So I, I think you've got to try and use it in a strategic manner. Um, you know, this time, uh, you know, I thought it was important. Um, yeah, and, and look, relay-wise, we probably wouldn't have swum Bronte anyway. We had a good enough team not to swim her. Um, and, but, I, you know, I thought it was Abby Webb had come back uh, from the US in May. Um, you know, it's not wasn't particularly swimming very well uh and you know we've got next next year you know she's trying to swim as fast as she can and i thought you know we, we were trying to make every every day a winner and this finishing the and she's not really known as a short course swimmer by any stretch of the imagination uh long course is definitely her forte um but i felt it was important for the you know, year ahead that she had had a good um, put put a couple of good positive performances on the board in the short course season. So, uh, so that was one thing. My other athletes, um, yeah, we were just trying to move forward, you know, and and yeah, every year we're we're trying to move forward. Um, so, like I said, you know, most of the people in the program. Yeah, the program's been six years. Most people have been in the program for four to five years, um, and, and we just we just reaped reaped the reward all at one meet. 
just through good consistency over time. Mm. Well, I'm going to make sure we do that podcast about, you know, maybe we could call it changing the system or something like that, but we, I, I think we need to talk about how we can maybe get that premiership sort of point score system implemented across, you know, an Australia-wide sort of program because it's going to give all those emerging young clubs where you've got a young coach who's ambitious, he's coming in, he's going to make mistakes, so he's not going to click his – or she's going to – not going to click her fingers and become right at the top straight away. But if she knows she's in Division four, 5, but if you get to the top of Division 5, you can get into Division 4. Yeah. Well, and that's you achievable. You win a trophy for your division. Um, what, you, what you're doing and what you sh- – let's face it, this is what we're trying to do all the time all the time aren't we we're trying to motivate people you know to train all year for a tenth of a second um the um it just motivates more coaches which then in turn motivates more swimmers um and everyone feels like they've got a chance that's that's what happened at the short course this year you know you went down to people who you know wouldn't see themselves as getting a second swim like uh, I had a fella in in the men's breaststroke. He dropped point eight in the hundred. Well, he dropped point four in the heat. Gets a B final. His first B final. It's the first time that I've coached him that he's he's got two swims in you know in the in the same event on on, on a day. Normally, yeah. he just swims the heats. So you know, he dropped point four in the heat and then dropped another point four in the final. So you know. That's what we've got to be trying to do across the club systems and with coaches, getting more people motivated. And how do we do it? Yeah. All right. Well, I've, I've written it down. Changing the system, breaking the mould. I don't know. Get, thinking outside the box. I've, I've written it down anyway. It's an episode that's coming, people, so get excited about that. Or if you just fell asleep during that, maybe that's not one for you either. <laughs> um, now, uh, you mentioned some of the names there, Shannon, and, and I do think um, – and it's your podcast, but I'm not kissing your ass here. Across the board, you, you know, your athletes were all stepping up in one shape or another, but obviously the one who kept getting interviewed after her races, uh, much to the dismay of whoever was in the final right after her because they had to just wait for it. It wasn't Bronte's fault, by the way. She wasn't asking for the microphone. It's just they decided it was a great time. But Bronte Campbell, um, one thing that's super exciting, and, and I guess you've got to be excited about too, Shannon, is that each time she's jumping in, she's progressing and, and stepping up and, and I guess maybe learning something new about herself as well in terms of how she's progressing or how she's feeling. Certainly, no, maybe, you know, the 24-0, that was pretty quick. She went 52-3-9 uh, in the 100, coming off a 52-5-2, I think, at state short yeah. course as well. So, again, that was an improvement. So you must have been pretty happy with that and, you know, without giving too much away behind the scenes, I'm sure Bronte was pretty happy with that as well. Yeah, well, at the end of um, July here in Canberra with ACT Champs and Bronte swam 53-4 and 24, I think 24-4, something like that. Um, But... One of the things in in making a few changes, we haven't made that many, but one of the changes has just been her head position, and um, we saw we saw this a little bit in a finish at uh, Melbourne in the fifty, and then we definitely saw it at ACT Champs. She can't spot the wall like like she has in the past. So 
you know, normally you wouldn't have that problem. But if you've swum, you know, for 20 years with your head position in, in a particular way and then it's changed, it was just something that I didn't really think about until yeah. um, she normally missed a wall here in Canberra and uh, went, oh, hmm. So, um, but, yeah, it's been a good progression a progression uh, in the last six weeks. The training has been really good in August. Um, I'm more than happy with where she's at at the moment. And, um, and, and you know, she said she was, you know, pretty stoked with that 24-0. Uh, and, and she's a hard taskmaster. There's no, you know, I've quickly learnt that. So um, just to hear her say she was happy with it, I, I was pleased, you know. Yeah, well, she mentioned on the podcast she did with me that, you know, when she's behind the block, she has a fair idea that she said, I probably wouldn't have mentioned this when I was younger, but now I'm older, I can sort of own it and handle it. She said, when I'm behind the blocks, I have a fair idea of what I'm capable of doing in this moment. So um, I do think that 24-0, you know, her surprise, not that she didn't think she could do it. She might not have thought that was the moment when she was going to do it. So yeah. uh, that that was good to see. But no, no, she definitely... Um, she did a great job, and and again, it's good to see her in and around um, the kids. She does a great job. Just, I mean, she doesn't go out of her way to do it. She's just Bronte Campbell, but the kids do love seeing her. They love racing with her. They love being around her. She's such an easy person to talk to and be around as well. Um, so she does a phenomenal job. I don't necessarily know if she probably knows that she does that, if that makes sense. But she has a pretty big impact on the on I think a lot of the kids and swimmers around her without her even knowing it. So um, congratulations to Bronte. Congratulations to you too, mate, with your, with the work down there. And I was going to ask you, you know, when you're looking at Bronte and her progression, are you, are you looking at, you know, if she, if times, are times the thing you're looking at? Are you looking at that head position when, when you've, obviously the, there's more than just one, but it, are you going into going, Joe, if we can get better head position, and the time's roughly around the same, if not better, I'll be happy. What What do you sort of go into it looking for with Bronte? Uh, earlier on, I was more like that, um, just seeing if if the changes that uh, I had made were sticking under race conditions. Um, that definitely does seem to um, have happened. Uh, we, you know, we've made some changes with the start. Um Pretty happy with that, um, and and now it's sort of like that 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 sort of that box has been ticked, and we're moving on, and you know so we've got what about nine months I think to Olympic trials, and it, it's more so in the how do we get faster, fitter, stronger, and not injured. So it's yeah. that balance. Uh, well, you guys are on the right track, doing a great job, and it was great to see, as I said. And, and congratulations to all the teams and coaches that had a great week there at, at SOPAC. I thought there were some some great performances from a lot of uh, different New South Wales teams especially. So congratulations to all. Now, as is the nature sometimes, Shannon, when you put on the spot, you don't always remember certain things. And we did, a, we did an episode. Well, first of all, you didn't remember someone's name properly as well, which you've been You've been stitched up up about, but we did an episode uh, about your time in Edinburgh and and coming off the back of that, there's been a few things that I guess have rejogged your memory or someone's nudged you and rejogged your memory. And you mentioned that there was probably a pretty funny story 
that you wanted to to tell do would you've got the floor now would you like to would you like to tell the the story well, I, I hope i do it justice um <laughs> and it's quite a long story so i'll try to um summarize it as best i can but yeah last episode we were chatting about and i said john aitken not jim atkin you know like <laughs> anyway so i get this um you know voice message from matt trodden he goes you pleb (laughs) (laughs) and abby webb was listening uh so i just had it on speaker and we were waiting for the other she'd finished about 10 minutes early and um she goes god you can hardly understand him (laughs) (laughs) and i said oh yeah Tell you about that, you know, the Scots and you know, people from Glasgow with different mm. accents and stuff. And I said, Oh, talk about not being able to understand Scottish people. I've, have I got a story for you? <laughs> so, anyway, so it's 2000. I'm at the Commonwealth Youth Games with Jody Henry. And it's the, you know, the night before the meet starts, it's the um, flag ceremony. And um, I didn't want to go to it. And um, Elsbeth had, sort of been at me to catch up with her grandparents. They wanted to take me to dinner. Bill Sweetnam's the head coach, and I thought, if I ask Bill, he'll probably say no. So I won't ask Bill. I'll just go. No one will know I've gone, and it'll all be sweet. Elle will be happy. Grandparents will be happy. No one else will know. <laughs> so I meet them, and... Um, <clears throat> Jump in the car, off we go, and we we get to this first roundabout, and it's got these set of lights at a roundabout, and I'd never seen that before, but unfortunately, either had they, and they didn't know how to work this way around this roundabout. I thought, hmm, that's not a great sign. Anyway, we get to this uh, restaurant, and it's called the um, Caledonian, uh, in off just off Princess Street, I think it is. Anyway, pretty fancy restaurant, parked the car in King's Car Park, and we had a great meal, and, you know, it's summer, but it's probably like, I don't know, 9 o'clock or quarter to 9, and it's the sun's going down. And um, they said, oh, we better get going. It's starting to get dark. We don't really want to be driving in the dark. And I was like, another flag went up. <laughs> okay. Anyway. They insisted that I sat in the front when they picked me up. Well, I insisted that I sat in the back for the remainder of the trip. So we get in the car, and it's one of those spiral-type car parks. Anyway, we get to the boom gate. They didn't pay. Ah, you know, push the button. There's a man at the other end, and, yeah, you got to pay. I get jump out of the car. There's, like, six cars behind us. Back it up. We go and pay. By the time we end up getting out, it was dark. Uh oh. <laughs> so off we go. And every time we got to a, a sign, they'd stop to read the sign. And you know, like it's not like Australia and big freeways and you know, there might be one freeway or something, but yeah, you know, these are narrow type streets. Mm. So when you stop, everyone else stops. Yep. And we were doing this on every sign, and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to get in a fight here. 
getting pretty late you know uh, like 45 minutes i'm sure it didn't take 45 minutes to get <laughs> to this restaurant <laughs> anyway as time's going by and uh each time they're stopping they're getting more heated and they're arguing now <laughs> and it's gone from me just being able to understand to i have no idea they may as well be talking japanese <laughs> Anyway, I'm looking in the background, out the back of this car, and I'm thinking, that, that looks like the city to me. Like, where are we going? Then we get this, you know, 18 miles to Glasgow sign. And by this stage, we're on the freeway. And and she's wanting Archie to <laughs> stop for directions. <laughs> he, he hadn't. He didn't want any of that. Oh, no. No, I don't think any man's stopping for directions. I don't, I don't think he's alone. <laughs> At this stage, I've, I'm going, they're totally lost. I cannot help. I don't understand what they're saying. I'm just going to sit back and work out how I'm going to get from Glasgow to Edinburgh before 7 a.m. the following morning, you know. So I'm sort of just in the back, just letting it all unfold. And then we stop on this freeway. It's like a off ramp, and you know those sort of big zebra painted strips. You yep. stop there, and they're into it. it they're they're into it each other, and carrying on. Anyway, probably I don't know. Felt like three minutes, probably about a minute. And it's it's pretty late. It's like eleven something by this stage, and he just like just cracks it, and does a Yui on the freeway <laughs> now whoever's listening in scotland probably knows this freeway i, I don't know what it was called <laughs> but i was over there later i was trying to go maybe this was the freeway you know he does a yui well i jump to attention next minute my head is in the middle of the two of them and i'm going we're going the wrong way and she says to me i forget her name he says to me, yes, gentlemen, we'll get you back. We're lost. We're going to get you home. No, no, no. We're going the wrong way on the freeway. <laughs> and I point to the cars on the other side who are traveling in their same direction. Then they realized, thank God there was it was late. And no and one was on. section where there was no one happened to be there at that point. <laughs> in the distance, these headlights are coming towards us. Oh, my God. <laughs> All I could think of was, no one knows I'm here. <laughs> Co Australian coach dies. You know those shows that you used to see, World's Worst Drivers? Yeah. Can someone get on the wrong side of the road on a freeway? Well, I'll tell you, they do a Yui. That's how. <laughs> anyway, I just, I find, we finally get back. And I can still remember getting out of the car and they said, oh, if you get any other time, we'll go out again. I thought, pig's bum. <laughs> Off they drove. I just sat on this grass. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I must have been sweating bricks because I get, I get back to my room. We've got these little rooms. We're in a university-type um, accommodation, nothing very flash at all. And I see the room next to me. The light was still on. It was Tim Kerrison. It's like one o'clock in the morning, and he was always wait, working late at night. I knock on his door, he answers it, and I, I, he goes, "What happened to you?" <laughs> I look the wreck. You're not going to believe what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> <Have> you been? <laughs> oh, that's funny.
So I tell Elsbeth, yeah. anyway, by the time I got back to Australia, he handed in his, Archie was his name, and he handed in his uh, licence. Wow. <laughs> so at least he scared himself. Sounds like it was a bit He was about two. 87. Oh. So. oh, that's funny. That's funny. And, I, you know, for the listeners, I guess the other thing too that made it more funny, Shannon, is just having known you over the last, you know, year or so now, two years more, like I could just, I'm just picturing your face too in the, in the back seat. Oh, just trying to, you know, he's, he's not saying too much, but he's, he's trying to just put little, he's just trying to add little bits in there that he wants to, but they're not listening, but it's, you know. It, yeah, it didn't matter. I quickly yeah. worked out it didn't, didn't matter. I might as well not have even been there. You know, they were just, <laughs> two people have been married for 70 years or yeah. something, you know, and they were just going at each other. Until he did the UE, and then I I got involved <laughs> pretty quick. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm not that is dying gold. tonight. <laughs> that is gold. Um, well, no, you definitely did it justice, mate. That's very funny. And as I said, yeah, the, the more, if you know Shannon um, very well, that's even probably more funnier. People are probably <laughs> listening and laughing. Uh, even harder because I'm just picturing you in the back, just thinking. Oh, well, you can imagine, hell. you know, what Bill Sweetnam. There was no way he was ever going to let me. And uh, <laughs> uh, well, I always say it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, anyway. So <laughs> gets me in trouble, but still, I still get to do what I want more often than not. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you very much to the listeners. Now, Shannon, mate, you're going on a bit of a holiday. You're having a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, We've been training this week because uh, it's sort of what I've always done off off the back of a meet. We'll tr- swim for a week and then, um, yeah, I'm giving everyone, uh, I mean, apart from Bronte, everyone's having two weeks off. Uh, it's going to be a big year, well, nine months ahead. So, uh, and I need it. I, I probably should have, I haven't had a break since 2019, uh, just before COVID. Boy, I got that. I was lucky with that. And to be honest, you know, I haven't had enough holidays uh, over my coaching career. And if there's anything I could change, that'd be one of them. Um, and and the wind has been quite quite hard, actually, just uh, from a working point of view. Mm. So I'd um, emptied the tank a fair bit and uh, really looking forward to going to go up to the Blue Mountains, spend Very some nice. time there. So. Uh, and then hopefully freshen up and be ready to go. Yeah, it'd be nice up there too. Um, it's, it's getting pretty warm up here, so you know you'll be able to get to I don't know, some of the bloody uh, waterfalls and stuff like that. Shannon, go for walks and yeah. Well, I haven't been to Blue Mountain since I was twelve, and Elle's never been. It's something she always has wanted to do. So. Yeah. Um, so, but that's what we're doing. No, it'll be good, mate. Well deserved. Um, for the listeners out there, what we're going to do, because I know people are craving more content, and they don't want to miss. They don't want to miss the Shadow Medicine <laughs> podcast. They said, "Don't go on holidays. Come back." <laughs> but we we need to let him have a holiday, people. So what we're going to do is I'm going to chuck up two uh, rewind shows. So basically, go back to our archives and find a couple of podcasts that uh, maybe people on the Off the Blocks podcast uh, network. Haven't heard before. So next week we're going to throw up the one we did with Matt Trodden. 
uh, which oh, yeah. I think would be good. That was a great chat, and I think it sort of ties in what we chatted about just then with your story and uh, with the Edinburgh last week and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's topical, and to add him back in, I think it would be great. It was a big podcast, I think um, one of the more downloaded ones on the Shannon Rollison podcast. So that would be good for people to listen to, and we'll do the um, Brant Best one that we did with talking about 2007 Shanghai. Uh, we'll chuck that one up as well in the week after. So we'll have a couple of weeks off, Shannon. We'll chuck those up for the people to still have a bit of a taste if they want, just to still hear your uh, beautiful voice and, and hear mine <laughs> if they need to. Um, but then uh, we'll be back rocking and rolling. We've got a few good ones coming up too with different um, world championships and Olympic games and all that sort of stuff. So more things to cover. I'm sure there'll be more news as well coming out that we can cover. But, mate, enjoy your break. I'm, I'm slightly you, I'm slightly jealous, but that's okay. That's all right. Just got to keep <laughs> grinding away. Uh, but, mate, enjoy yourself. To all the listeners out there, thanks for joining us again. As I said, don't fret. We will have a couple of rewind shows. If Unless you have you were following Shanna Rollison podcast before, you would never have heard these ones. So they'll still be fresh to you. A lot of the stuff we talk about is in the past as well, so it's all still very topical and not so much in the moment and um so it'll be a great listen so make sure you wrap your ears around that if not have a great weekend enjoy yourselves i'm off to the zoo this weekend shannis my daughter's birthday i said what do you want to do she said i want to go to taronga park zoo i said oh do you want to do anything else she said no i want to go to the zoo so we're off to wander around the zoo on saturday which is oh that'll be good will it have you been to the canberra zoo no i haven't i want to do the one where you can stay there Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, minimum age is like 15 or 16. Mm. It's pretty popular. You've got to sort of uh, quite pricey as well, but I, I, yeah. I do like the idea of just – I want to do the one with the lion, just wake up in the morning, have a lion just staring at us. Yeah. That'd yeah, be that'd, that'd be good. Yeah. Dubbo's good. Yeah. Been to the Dubbo Zoo. Yeah, we've been to Dubbo. Yeah, she, she's never been to Taronga. We've been to a few others, but – Pardon me, I just sneezed everybody. I didn't want you to hear it, but I also realised I made it awkwardly silent for a second, so I needed to explain myself. <laughs> oh, oh, we're having fun. Um, no, it'll be a good weekend, mate. I'm just, you know, Taronga's quite, you know, hilly and up and down and around, yeah. and uh, so that's the part I'm not super excited about. But my daughter having a good day and smiling, I'm, I'm happy with that. So, And we've got to put a bloody bunk bed together too, so I'm not excited about all that, but... The joys of being a parent, the joys. All right, mate, you enjoy yourself. Shannon don't care, honestly. People, if you could see his face, he's like, oh, do you know what, Robbie, I'm going on holidays. Don't care. Go to the Blue Mountains. <laughs> you keep your problems to yourself. I'm about to clock off. So we will clock off as well. Have a great weekend, guys. Uh, we'll see you all next week. See ya. See everyone. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck, and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFFTHEBLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout.